important is freedom of information to you? I mean, here in BC, we talk about it a lot. We say it's important, but it's very clear we could do a lot better. And when I say definitely mean the government that is in charge and we as in the public demanding that things should be different. But different how, you might ask. What is attainable? Well, when governments make excuses, we now have something to point to. The Globe and Mail newspaper has been digging into this issue. Their latest investigation shows it is possible for a government to positively deal with freedom of information because that is what they are doing in Newfoundland. Tom Cardoso joins us now, investigative journalist at the Globe and Mail, who was one of the reporters digging into this. Tom, thanks for being here. Thanks, Sammy. Nice to be here. Well, tell me about this investigation that you and, and Robin Doolittle did to look into freedom of information across the country. Right. So we've been uh, working for the last year and a half, uh, 20 months, on uh, an investigation we call Secret Canada. And Secret Canada is an examination of Canada's broken freedom of information systems at the federal, provincial, territorial, uh, and other levels of government. Municipalities, we're looking at hospitals, police, all that kind of stuff. And uh, in our reporting, we've covered a lot of very interesting stuff. We've shown that there's a, a definite, you know, culture of secrecy, for lack of a better term, uh, within public bodies that, you know, prioritize the over-redaction and delayed release of information uh, because of the perverse incentives that are built into the system. We've looked at things like, you know, uh, backlogs in Nova Scotia uh, at the appeals level. We've looked at the immigration system federally that has been hijacked uh, that sorry, the access information system federally that's been hijacked by the federal immigration system. And uh, today we have a story looking at uh, the one jurisdiction that is head and shoulders above the rest, which is Newfoundland and Labrador. And I read through this story and it was so impressive that Newfoundland and Labrador is doing this. What are they doing? Why is it so special? Yeah, Newfoundland's story is very interesting because they uh, weren't always a, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> an access information utopia, I guess, compared to the rest of Canada. Not to say that they're perfect by any means, but they're certainly doing much better than most other jurisdictions, at least on the law. Uh, A lot of this connects back to some complex political happenings in 2012 and 2014. The Coles Notes version is that uh, in 2012, the Progressive Conservative government of the day passed Bill 29, a bill that uh, significantly... uh, tightened their freedom of information laws in the province. And it became a bit of a political football. Uh, it was uh, this bill, this bill was seen as, you know, emblematic of government secrecy and mismanagement and paternalism. And it became a real albatross around the government's neck to the point that uh, the premier uh, eventually resigned and appointed an interim premier. And that interim premier announced a review of Bill 29 several years ahead of schedule and appointed this independent panel. At the end of the process, this panel wrote a draft bill and the progressive conservative government at the time, uh, you know, seeing that there was an election less than six uh, months out, uh, knowing that they were polling 20 to 30 points behind, (laughs) uh, you know, they took the law and they just passed it wholesale. No changes whatsoever, aside from, you know, a couple of small typo and tweak kind of things that were really, really minor. And as a result, Newfoundland now has this incredibly progressive, incredibly open law. And they've seen, they've, uh, you know, gotten to reap the benefits of that. The number of freedom of information requests from, the, uh, from everyone, uh, not just media uh, and, you know, lawyers and whatever, but the public is up 430% wow. since uh, the law was passed in 2015. That's 
explosive growth. It's pretty significant. Fees are non-existent almost now. Uh, almost no request takes longer than 20 business days. And the appeals process is fast and efficient. So it really is a stark contrast to many other, well, every other Canadian jurisdiction, really. Tom, how do they do it then? Because every other jurisdiction, BC included, will complain, it takes up too much of staff time. We have to have a processing fee in place. Like uh, everything that Newfoundland doesn't do, everybody else says they must do. No, it's really odd. Uh, on the fees, you know, I know that that was a big fight in BC recently. Uh, the, what the committee said, this independent panel that was chaired by a former premier, a retired 30-year journalist, and a former federal privacy commissioner, what they said was, you know, the fees are uh, not really effective as a cost recovery mechanism. They don't really pay for the cost of doing this work. Really, the work of freedom of information is work that the government has to be doing anyway. This is part of the work of government. And this is what this committee said. Uh, you know, it's important to people understanding the uh, processing or the process by which the government operates, but also to inspire confidence in our democracy. So they didn't see a, a real benefit in trying to recover a lot of costs with fees. Uh, in terms of timelines, they reversed the, uh, they took away the public body's power to apply time extensions unilaterally, which is something that you can do in basically every other jurisdiction. Instead, every every public body would now have to go to the appeals commission and ask for permission to take an extension. So that you know changed the incentive significantly because now they have to go and ask for permission. So it's just really easier to process these files within 20 business days uh, and save those extensions for when they really need them. I guess, Tom, what really strikes me in reading this is that it's possible, right? All the times we're told right. it's not yep. possible. It is possible. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. And well, and that was what really drew me to this story, too, was that, uh, you know, we, Robin and I have been writing a lot about, uh, my colleague Robin Doolittle and I have been writing a lot about, you know, broken access information, broken freedom information, you know, fees, delays, redactions, all this kind of stuff. But we also knew that we wanted to do a story about what works because, you know, let's be real, uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom in the news <laughs> at all times, even on the best of days. Uh, and this was a story that showed that it is possible to do this in Canada. There are ideas legislatively, policy-wise, regulatorily, (laughs) that can get you to a place where freedom of information is enshrined within the government, that it's something that the public service believes in, Mm -hmm. politicians begrudgingly believe in, and people use uh, very effectively. And that's what we're seeing in Newfoundland. Well, I hope every premier reads this. Tom, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Cindy.